everybody, and welcome to the uh, For You special edition. It's uh, Sunday. Get my page. It is uh, Sunday, December 22nd. Um, so uh, the IDs for Friday, December 20th, for the 7 a.m. meeting were 13,085. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, it was 13,057. The uh, president today is a recovered fellow. and attitude. Uh, and I, I, I realized I'm here, but uh, Craig, I believe that you're cutting in and out. Can you readjust your mic, please? I was testing to see if maybe it was going to fade away, yeah. but it hasn't. I, I, my cheek had hit the speaker button. I'm sorry. I think that was it. Oh, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Can we start from the beginning? Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, all right. Good. The uh, uh, welcome to the uh, December twenty second, two thousand and nineteen, uh, Vision for You special edition. Uh, the share IDs for Friday, December twentieth, for the seven a.m. Eastern Time meeting was thirteen thousand eight fifty five, and for the ten a.m. meeting was thirteen thousand eight fifty seven. Our presentation today was from a recovered fellow uh, in New York, and uh, she's going to talk to us about the 12-step 12 12-step 12 process, particularly steps two and nine, and its impact on our thinking, ideas, emotions, and attitudes. Um, reminded from reading her topic about uh, Dr. Young saying that here and there once in a while he saw uh, this complete rearrangement uh, of attitudes and outlooks. And, and uh, so... That's what it's about, and with with all of that, uh, I'm going to cut it short and introduce Leah S. Leah? Good morning. Am I being heard? Yes, you're being heard. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you very much. I'm going to start with my own uh, little prayer. I I didn't realize I'm so... I'm so... um, Suddenly, I, I need I need guidance. I need um, reassurance. So, please bear with me, God. Please set aside everything I think I know about myself, my disease, these twelve steps, the power of the big book. Please, dear God, come into my mind, my heart. Allow me to speak the truth. Thank you, dear God. My name is Leah S., and I'm a compulsive overeater from Brooklyn, New York. A very good morning to all my dear fellow sisters and brothers. I specifically asked to speak about Step 2 and Step 9, the miracle of breaking barriers through the acceptance within. I feel the need to share the miraculous recovery that continues to happen through these steps of the program. Step two, as we read in in the big book on page 59, 
I came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. Now, the word that I came to believe holds very sacred to me. On page 29, they're talking about each individual. This has to be an individualized program. It has to be designed for Leah. My own relationship with God. On page 12, it also states, why don't you use your own conception of God? And on page 47, I have to answer a few simple questions honestly to myself. Am I willing to give this God concept a chance? The truth is that in the chapter of We Agnostics on page 44, there are three requirements to be a member of the AA program. One, I am in my instance, a compulsive overeater, and I cannot manage my life, too. That no human power can relieve me of my obsession and craving. And three, that God could and would if I seek him. My own conception of God has become love, kindness, tolerance, and acceptance. These 12 steps are not about grievances. These 12 steps are designed to help me live without friction and malice in a chaotic world. By continuously rehashing my issues, I continue to live in my problems and negativity. But now I came to believe that I really have to come to that understanding that my issues are really too great and complicated for me to solve. In my personal story, I I was upset at my mother. May she rest in peace. All I wanted to hear were three words, I love you, from her mouth. So this bothered me that she passed on, and she did not say it. In doing my fourth step, I examined deeper and deeper, because there are questions that I have to answer very honestly. And I told my sponsor, And what my sponsor answered to me was profound. My mother would not go to a doctor, even when she needed her insulin, only if I accompanied her. My mother would not make major decisions without me being there. And it was all about me. I was selfish. I'm a busy mom. I'm a wife. I have my own issues. It was all about me. But the truth of the matter is that my mother did not do anything without me. She trusted me more than anyone or anything in this world. And that's how she said it. I will not do it without Leah. So she said it more times than one. 
I couldn't believe how I, my heart felt her deep love at that moment, and I knew exactly what letter to write and to bring to her gravesite at the cemetery. My mother never spoke about the Holocaust, even when more books were coming out about those horrors. I cannot understand, and I do not even know how to comprehend what that meant. I felt at peace even more for her courage and her strength this way. There's a resentment that I had at my younger sister. I didn't and I couldn't figure her out because she behaved normally with other people. And so I decided in 2012, when I came into this program, that I was simply going to ignore my sister. But it, God came into my life, and I could not do that. This is not the way the big book te- teaches me. I need to be able to face my own chaotic world. And my self-righteousness was blocking me again. I was all about me, my ego. She's yelling at me. But on page 25, the big book tells me there is a solution. And I needed to pray. And I needed to pray in abstinence, in that pain in that pain and in the prayers, I realized that my sister is spiritually sick, exactly as I was sick in my own disease. And suddenly, a compassion came into my heart. I don't know where that came from, but it did come, and it progressed and progressed. And I was ready to speak to my sister. And later on, as I was speaking more and more often to her, I found out how really sick she is. She is truly a medical miracle, the way she is existing today. And I have tremendous compassion for her. And I continue to pray for her with kindness. I was really fortunate that I was there last year for her when she suddenly lost her husband, and she did find comfort in my presence. And I am extremely grateful for God restoring me with relationships in with her. My brother and my uh, old boss... And my husband's boss, I found that all of these people that I was resentful about, they were all angry people. And they would walk away from me while I was talking to them. And I had deep resentment with them. And right away, I needed to pray about that. Where am I at fault? What is it 
that I am doing. I referred to page 417 very many times. And on the top of the page it says, I am facing that I am a compulsive overeater. This is the truth. And the truth is that every kind of emotion used to lead me to the food. I used to overeat. And not only overeat, but I couldn't stop eating. And I needed to stop living in that problem. The acceptance was that, yes, I have these issues. They are difficult for me to solve on my own. I need to let go and let God. In my prayer, I needed to understand that whatever it is, it should be revealed to me because I want to change. In the doctor's opinion, they talk, the, the entire doctor's opinion is all about change. It is time to change. So God, who is to me love, kindness, and acceptance and tolerance, is the one that I, I turn to. And miraculously, these relationships have been resolved so unbelievable. My brother has told me again about some issues he's facing, and I pray for him. And we were able to have a normal conversation the first time. And we don't have the best, we, we don't call each other all the time, but what happened to me was that malice and that Whatever I had in my heart, it's all gone. That is a miracle. Um, I was I was trying to find my old boss back in 2008. She no longer lives around this neighborhood, and I, she had somehow, um, I couldn't find her. So I continued praying for her. And this past September, I was walking in the street, and I heard my name. And I didn't see anyone on the street, but I heard, Leia, Leia, Leia. And um, it was a car that had stopped in the middle of the street, and there was my old boss. And she called me over, and these were her exact words. I hope you don't have a grudge against me <laughs> for for firing you over the phone in 2008, and I was like so unbelievably baffled by the entire exchange. First of all, that that she's stopping a car and she's realized, and that we're meeting just like that in the street, and then the fact that she said, "Don't I hope you don't not holding a grudge," and I looked at her and I said, "I long." Let go of that grudge. I'm looking for you for such a long time. I want to tell you that I am sorry for my obnoxious behavior. And it was. I never um, spoke to her. My problem was that I always kept my feelings bottled up. And I never, I never told her anything. So she got frustrated more and more. 
and it's important to to speak to a person and to tell them what you feel and what you don't feel. You know, um, it was it was unbelievable, and we made our amends, and um, and I wished her a good uh, winter. And the same thing happened with my husband's boss. What did I have with my husband's boss? My husband's boss. My husband works in the. He has a seasonal job as well. In the summers, he works in an overnight camp for um, for girls, and uh, he does all the maintenance over there. And we are given a cottage, and this cottage was leaking. The roof was very bad, and I kept putting pails so that the water doesn't flood all over the floor and um, in, in, in this cottage. And I wanted to tell him that he should fix it because my husband did not tell him anything, and he used to walk away while I was tell- talking to him. And uh, I realized that there must be something. There must be something. I don't know what it is, but it is God. And I need to pray about this. And I keep on praying. And, you know, eventually he did fix that roof. Eventually I was able to talk to him as well and tell him and compliment him on what he did to me, for me in camp and thank him for it because the truth is that he did do things for us in camp and I told him thank you and not only did he not walk away but he stopped and asked me to repeat it for him and I realized that I do I do owe him gratitude so I repeated it with all of my heart and suddenly I felt like I have no anger towards this man. I have changed. I don't battle my feelings anymore. Change is the, the thing that, that I have to become, the authentic Leia that I can be. I need to access love, kindness, tolerance, and acceptance which is how I define my God. I need to return to sanity. Obviously, I did not have that sanity. And in order to have that, I need to be authentic. You know, I often hear that the language of the heart is really the authenticity. Um, In steps... 10, 11, and 12, they keep me aligned with hush, with God and with that love, kindness, and tolerance and acceptance. I didn't say that I was going to speak a, a lot about um, step 12, but I do want to touch on that. But before I do, I would like to um, read um, on page 83... Okay, these are the promises. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. 
we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Sometimes I used to say, I do regret the past. You know, I needed to change, and I continuously change with my husband's relationship and myself because I would always be quiet and I would never tell him what I feel, what I feel or felt. Now, in the past, I need to remember how Leia was like and what it what used to drive me to eat constantly, constantly. And I don't rem- I don't want to ever forget all this pain that I used to have and these cramps in my legs. I don't want to. Um, it says it continues to say in the promises, we will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace. I could never imagine that all this um, uneasiness in my heart would be gone. I really couldn't imagine that. And then it goes on. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see that our experience can benefit others. You know, um, I lost all in all 65 pounds. And just recently, I lost another 11 pounds. I gave my weight over to the care of God because the way he sees it, this is the way I'm going to be, and it no longer bothers me. I don't go to the scale anymore because I am comfortable in my own shoes. I am with a doctor that is monitoring me because of the history of diabetes that is in my family. I also want to say that for me, the intensity of the pain in my legs and the cramps was so bad that it felt like I was going to die. It doesn't matter how, many, how much weight I needed to lose. But the way I felt and the way I was living was really clearly sending me to death because that's exactly what I felt like. Now, the feeling of uselessness and self-pity definitely disappeared. I try as much as I can to be helpful and kind to others. Those are the traits that I I. I pray for daily. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Well, that's what I have been doing. Because of my experience, I go. Um, I do volunteer work. I uh, visit those homebound, and I visit uh, um, the nursing homes when I can. And believe you me, I get more from the elderly or those those who are uh, incapable of, of doing for themselves than what I am giving to them. Self-seeking will slip away. Yes, I know that when I come out of um, a, a person's apartment and that woman says to me, thank you so much for coming to me, that's all I need 
That really is. Because it made my day. And I might have learned something from from that old lady. My attitude and outlook on life has definitely changed. Fear of people and of economic insecurity is going to leave us. I've always um, uh, looked up at people or or um, were, were petrified of people um, because um, being uh, yelled at did something to me, did, did really uh, a, a big fear in me. And... Uh, and growing up that way and uh, having that uh, all the time n- made me just want to access that love, kindness, tolerance, and acceptance because I kept thinking, I am alive. I'm able to do this and that. I'm able to run. I'm able to skip. I'm able to, to just, you know, be who I am. Well, for that alone, I'm so grateful to God because I couldn't do that just on my own. And then again, all these cramps, they, they, they're, a, they're a thing of the past. I have long forgotten about it. And, you know, challenges do come to us. They do. Um, economic insecurity, yes, sometimes I do. Not sometimes, more than often, even now before the holidays. How am I going to be this mother, give presents to everybody? And I decided, you know, just like this book is telling me to be authentic in everything that I do, well, I'm authentic with my children as well. And this is all that I can give to them. But I make it up more than 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 enough in my smile and my happiness that God has given me these children. Um, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. Yes, I whatever I bought, they're not expensive, but they give. But they all say my heart. They really do. And this is the way I'm realizing that God is doing for me what I could never do for myself. Because if I didn't really access that, that power of love, then how could I, I be content and happy and face the holidays the way with, with happiness and with, with, um, with this tremendous love that I do have? Um, uh, okay, there's one more thing. So, uh, on page 62, I wanted people to behave the way I thought people should behave. I wanted people to stop shouting. <laughs> But I never told them that. I never explained to them. And with me, I used to bottle it all up in my heart. 
and now there is a way of talking to them, and there's a way of expressing it. And I've learned to do that. I've learned not to be afraid, even when when people threaten me, because I have God by my side. I just don't know how to explain it. It's that, you know, every time I think of the love and the kindness, I get more courage and confidence to just go ahead and say what it is in my heart. And it it, it just comes out right. I want to say that people, and especially my family, has told me, Mom, you change so tremendously. Sometimes I don't even recognize it's you. And it is true. It is true. Just recently, one of my daughters called me up to complain about another sibling of hers. And I kept quiet. And after I I was quiet, I immediately sought the guidance and direction of God while she was talking. And at that time, I said to her, you know, I really emphasize with you about your pain, about not being able to communicate with your sister. I just hope that God will give you the right words so that you can resolve this as soon as possible. And that is the truth. I really felt that way and really do feel that way. And she accepted it. I did not say, in the past, I would say, you know what, I'm going to call this person. I'm going to tell her what you said. Why? Why? Is that my responsibility? It's not mine. It's not mine. I love each and every one of them so dearly. Now, um, I, I also want to talk about the daily amends that I make to my husband um, I speak to him honestly, and uh, he does have a temper, and I chose to stay with him because he's not a bad person. And today, I never regret my choice, despite all the difficulty that I had been through with him. I am so grateful to him. I am grateful he stuck by me. I am grateful that he is doing things for me that I never thought that he could do. And they're they're really not big things, you know. It would just, you know, he knows I like my tea. So before he leaves the house, he always, I always wake up and I have my tea on my, on my um, night table. That's, that's like amazing. <laughs> He leaves much earlier than I wake up. And, um, uh, you know, he, he, will, he will see something that he would like. He will send me a picture of it and ask me, I'd love to buy this for you. I don't want to disappoint you. Is this something that you like? I, they're, they're not big things, but they're, they're so thoughtful. I never believed that something like that would happen. So really, my trouble was my own making because I was always thinking about Leah. And uh, Leah's the victim. 
I had to start thinking differently. I am really not the victim. I don't know why I had to go through these things, but they are important. They are very important because I need to remember where I'm coming from so that I can continue to do things the way they really make me happy and really make me um, feel good. Um, there's, there is no easier, softer way. If, if, if I have a situation that bothers me, I need to let it go. I need to, I need to give it over. When I start holding in and I start trying to maneuver things, that they never work. They really never work. I am abstinent since October of 2014. Today, my weight loss is 71 pounds, and uh, I weigh 150 pounds. I wish I could weigh less, but I don't wish it anymore because I've given that over to God. I am abstinent, and I am not... um, I don't monkey around. I keep everything very simple. And the way I keep it simple is so wonderful because I prepare my food every night in advance. Um, And I I pack it up in my Tupperwares so that in case I come home and I am super hungry, it is all ready. Sometimes I take it along with me, and I don't eat out. But even when I eat out, I do not feel intimidated by calling the waitress or, or even the, the chief chef to explain that this is my diet and this is what I want. Keeping it simple, it's very good. I am satisfied with my food. I feel good with 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 what I eat and my body feels satisfied with that. Um, I know I am at risk for diabetes because that runs in the family. So I needed to go to the doctor and um my diet is arranged with a doctor and a nutritionist. I'm really, I'm really fortunate to do that and stay abstinent also. I do not, um, these are some of the things that I used to do. I used to procrastinate a lot, a whole lot. I don't do that anymore. Um, I used to hoard, believe it or not. I used to hoard, and I do not do that anymore. (laughs) When I take the mail out of the mailbox, I immediately discard everything that I'm not going to do. I'm not going to see, I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to... If I give a donation, I give the donation. That's fine. But that's it. 
I don't hoard anymore. I do things on my own because that's my choice. I uh, I meditate a lot every morning. I um, I I I I don't have an app. I although I've heard that there are apps about that. I personalize it very much in my life. I ask God to direct me what to do and how to do if something is bothering me. I don't always get the answers, but I don't lose my hope. I, I, it doesn't even occur to me that I won't have the answer. It just, you know, I take it as it is. I let it go. And the same thing I do at night because... um because I need to go to sleep peacefully with um with uh, definitely no um no uh issues on my mind. I need to give it over. I usually answer some questions um that I have taken from the big book and I send it over to my fellow from um program and she gives me feedback if she thinks that i am obsessing about something you know sometimes one of the questions that i have is is there something that i could have done that i did not do and uh if i write uh if i write um yeah, it is something that I could have done or whatever. And uh, she reads through my daily um, uh, activities that I, I'm mentioning in there. She might mention, you know, that this is something that you don't, you would not have been able to do realistically. You would wish to do it. And I appreciate those comments because... It makes me want to be a better person. I discuss it with more people in program, and I have these people who spot check me. I do the 10 steps immediately. I remember I once went to an occasion, and I was going to go to that occasion, and something happened, and I did not go into the ballroom at all. I simply went out into the street to do a 10-step, and it took me 15 minutes to do that 10-step, but that's what I needed to do in order to get over and to feel at ease, especially in a ballroom uh, where everything about temptations would be, uh, would be spread out. And talking about temptations, I really had the most weirdest thing in the beginning of my program. I could not walk down the hallway to my apartment. I live in an apartment building. I could not walk down the hallway because there are wonderful women who are always baking, and those smells really attacked my nose and my palate. Not talking about even eating them, but I am a compulsive overeater. And those smells really came to me. I needed, 
I needed to speak to recovered people just walking down the hallway to my apartment. Because I will do anything, anything that I have to do in order to keep my sanity and my program about me. I am so grateful to God. I am so grateful to this meeting over here at Vision that has always helped me, the fellowship and the teachings and um, and everything else about it. And uh, I don't have any more today, and I appreciate you allowing me to share. Thank you, and I pass. Okay. Thank you very much for that wonderful presentation, Leah. Um, we really appreciated it. Okay, we're going to uh, take questions now for Leanne, and at the end, we'll get her contact information after the recording has been stopped, if she cares to give it. Uh, who who has a question today for our speaker? Barbara E. Okay, Barbara. Alisa J. Alisa J. More? Lisa B. Madeline R. Lisa. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. Madeline R. All right. Who else? I'm going to go ahead and give everybody the uh, uh, share ID for today. It's 13,861. Let's go ahead and take these questions. Barbara, go ahead. You're up. Okay, first of all, Craig, thank you for your service. I hope you did get your nice cup of hot coffee. And Leah, thank you so much for your honest share. I always love hearing you. I know when I first came into the program, my world was turned pretty much upside down. Asking for help is very hard for some people, but especially hard for me. So I had to swallow my false pride and do just that. And I went to the meetings to learn about the steps, but I didn't hear much about the steps back in 1997. So I was so grateful to learn from someone at a retreat about this beautiful vision meeting and the recovery that was there and the recovery I hear in you and the fact that even though your mom might not have said in words, I love you, but showed you her love by wanting you, you, Leah, to go every place with her. That was Barbara, do you, have a, do, you, do you have a question yes, coming up here? I, cer I certainly do. How okay. long did it take you, Leah, to feel the promises really come true for you? There's been some debate about when and where. Could you answer that for me? I would appreciate it. Thank you very much, Barbara. Um, I am abstinent since 2014, and I mean clean abstinence. Um, pretty much after that, I started diligently working. I realized this is a program of 
serious work. It has to do with my honesty in order to get to recovery. So I didn't really... Um, they The promises started coming true, and when each of them started happening, that's when I... I I can't say, um, well, pretty soon after that, but they came in little spurts all the time. You know, like uh, like I, I, sta- I started talking uh, to my husband, and he stopped screaming and, and yelling. Um, I started... Uh, I started uh, telling my children my feelings, and they they started talking to me. And you know, everything came in spurts. In uh, but I, I did a lot of prayer about it, and um, and I surrendered. I surrendered a lot. Thank you. Thank you, Alita J. Thank you. Alita, Jay. Hi. Yes, Craig. Hi. Thank you so much for your service and everyone who makes this meeting possible. Um, Leah, thank you for your share this morning. I hear a lot of peace in your voice. And I just would like to ask you, and you pretty much basically answered this in the brief to the previous question. Um was how did you um how have you uh, kind of gotten um, away from bottling things up? And um, you did say that you pray a lot and you surrendered. And maybe that's basically the answers right there. I'm not sure. If you have any more to add, I would appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Elisa. Um It was false pride. It was false pride that I had within me. And it was ego. I thought you have to know exactly what I'm thinking. And you should know better than than to scream and yell. You see, I don't scream and yell. But the truth of the matter is that the people that were screaming and yelling at me were telling me something. You're not talking. You, you <laughs> I wasn't, uh, and that came through um, intense uh, understanding of what it is in the fourth step that I am selfish about. I was selfish because I portrayed behavior that was that was supposed to be uh really nice but I did not um I did not express it and uh um I think it came from my sponsor in the fifth step of the way um she explained that to me and she said, it's okay. It is okay. I was so embarrassed about that because I so didn't want anybody to scream at me. So I didn't, I wanted to, 
give behavior that was really phenomenal. But the truth is that I had to find out who the true Leia is. And the true Leia wasn't uh, so nice. The true Leia was 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 really um, angry at you. And I was, you know, I was, it, it was just going to burst. I, I was, I was eating so much that it was terrible. My bloating didn't even come into the equation anymore because it was so bad. I just wanted to die. So yes, through these, um, through uh, the fifth, the fourth and fifth step, it was uh, slowly being. Um, it, it slowly came to the surface of where I was having this false pride. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Alita, for the question. All right, Lisa B. with an E. Lisa. Hi, this is Lisa B. Um, yeah, I you, thank you so much, Leah, for your share. It may, have, it may have already been answered. I really apologize if it's just repeating the same question over and over again. Can you give an example of when you're in a place where you're frustrated or agitated, and obviously we're, we can't hold on to resentment, but you have to share your feelings. How do you come to terms? I'm sorry, I have a baby in the back. Um, toddler, actually. Um, how do you, um, I don't know, how do you address that, obviously, with yourself um, first, but then if that's, that's what you do, and then to to be authentic and honest about it, but without being agitated or resentful because I find myself like I get like I'm very mad about something or very agitated about something but I can't handle the resentment so I have to let that go but I still want to express myself so I get a little confused so can you can you share on that a little bit well thank you very very much for that question that is a very honest question um my sponsor told me that um, I don't have to retort immediately. I don't have to answer back, retaliate in any which way. And um, I have to, I have to bring God into the picture of everything, especially when I'm being confronted and being yelled at, especially then. And uh, and I do that. I don't um, I don't answer back immediately. And uh, I just say that uh, either I know the answer or I don't know the answer. The truth is what the truth is, and. Um, Honestly, I've always been guided by intuitively knowing what to say. It really happened. It started happening. And if I didn't know what to say, I just kept quiet. And I would even, oh yes, I would even say, I'm sorry, I don't know what to answer to that. I I, I really don't. And then that person would ask me a specific question that I would just answer very honestly about. And um, 
I had to give that anger. You know, the grouch is not for me because the grouch and resentment in the past had led me to binge continuously. It's something that that is ingrained in me now. I guess um, repetitious, the entire um, program is contingent on this repetitious um, 10, 11, and 12. Actually, every step, every single morning and every single night. Thank you. Thanks, Lisa, for the question. And uh, next we have Madeline R. Madeline? Thank you. This is Madeline R. from Pennsylvania. Thank you so much, Leah, for your service today, and you too, Craig, and everyone that's shared so far. My question surrounds um, the living amends to your husband, and I wondered if there's any more that you might be able to elaborate on that, if it's not too personal. Thank you, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Madeline. Um, Okay, this is something that I did, and I was directed uh, only through my higher power. I really was. My husband used to come home and, and from work, and he used to scream, and I, I could not even hear what he was screaming and yelling about. And I would put his dinner on the table and walk out. And... Uh, the first time I started to change, and it noticed that I started to change, was when he walked in and was yelling. I said to him, please, I'd love to hear what you're angry about, but I cannot hear you with all this screaming. I really need to be able to um, hear you clearly. And, you know, his voice wouldn't go down a notch, but it would become a little less agitated. And then I would just go and pick up some words and and try to uh, talk with him. And it came out that he was angry that I, he's, he's being served like he's being served in a restaurant. He wanted my company. He wanted to talk to me. But all that came later on as I continued to have and face the uh, adversity that, that was coming from him, whatever it was, and trying to understand. You see, I needed, in my amends, I, I needed not so much in other, uh, in other areas as much as I needed it in relationships with people. And uh, especially the people that are close to me. So um, I needed to, uh, the same thing with my sister. I, uh, she was always yelling at me, you know. So, so I needed to tell her, please tell me and exchange with her. And I kept my voice neutral. I didn't keep my voice like like really, really, you know, whatever. But I, I said, I, I'm trying to understand you. And same thing I told my husband. I really am trying to understand you. But when someone yells, there's so much going on that 
you can't really you have to get behind your emotion and i you know i could never do that without the you know feeling that i am loved by god that that he's going to help me he's going to help me do this and he's going to get rid of my pride my false pride and I, it, it took humility on me. It took surrender on my part. That what I was doing until now it wasn't working. And my way of expressing that, you know, I don't want to be with you and just giving you your dinner, that 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 wasn't uh, doing anything for our relationship and for us living together, you know. And uh, eventually we became closer and closer. It's like actually we started sort of um, dating with each other every night, and uh, and that's how the relationship has started to become better. Thank you. Okay, thank you, thank you for the question, Madeline. And um, all right, we're ready to take some more names. Who else has a question for Leah? Sandy S. Sandy. Yes. Simone J. Simone J. Okay. Rowena K. Rowena K. Anybody else? Elena C. Elena C. Becca R. Becca R. Jen Z. Jane. Jen Z. Jane C. All right. And Jody. Jen Z. Jody B. Suzanne G. Suzanne, was there an, there was a male voice in there? Maybe not. Okay, I have Sandy S, Simone J, Irina K, Elena C, Becca R, Jane C, Jody B, and Suzanne B. Did I miss anybody? It's Suzanne G, as in George. Oh, okay, Suzanne G. All right. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and start with Sandy S. Hi. Thanks, Greg. Sandy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Asheville. I am on a 10-step train where people can just call in and do 10 steps. And somebody called in and said, when you give feedback, you're too nice. So I just, you know, wonder how you temper loving kindness with setting like really healthy emotional boundaries or, you know, really, I don't want to be too nice and let somebody be, be enabling somebody by accident. So I'm just wondering, you sound very kind. Also, so I'm just wondering how you temper kindness with feedback that needs to be strong sometimes for somebody. And with that, I pass. 
Well, thank you very, very much for this question. Um, you know, uh, the big book tells me to to be honest, to be um, to define what my issue is, and to and to to see what harm I am doing, and. Uh, what harm is being done to me. Um, Also, the big book tells me that the fear that I might have, the underlying emotion of, of, of whatever it is that is going on has to come to the surface. So um, usually if someone calls me with a 10-step and they have not written it out, it is not a good idea for me to take it. And the reason I say that is because I don't know what is going on with you. You need to answer the question, why are you angry? And be honest about it. it, because I'm not here to judge I'm absolutely not here to to anything. I'm just trying to get to the truth of the matter. And uh, I don't know what happened in, in your life. So you need to write it down so that you can, you can just sort of tell me and read it off to me. Why are you angry? And what is behind that anger? If it is fear, if it is um, uh, financial, if it is um, if it is ego, if it is self-centered, if whatever whatever else is going on, that needs to be defined. And I I cannot define that. You can define it. And um, and then what harm are you doing to? Uh, to others, and what harm is this being done to you? And then after I, after you answer those questions, I'm able to listen to that. And again, I use I use God in prayer. I really, I really do put myself into your position to ask God to help me um, if I can come to the truth. And if I can't, or I haven't had experience with that, I will tell the person. I haven't had experience with that. I don't know. And I just move on because that's what it is. I'm not here to I'm not first of all, I'm not a, a therapist. I'm not a <laughs> I'm not any professional at all. All I'm trying to do is help others not to overeat because of this disease that I have. Thank you. Okay, thanks for the question, Sandy, and the answer. Um, Leah? Okay, Simone J., you're up. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this lovely meeting today. And Leah, I found your voice to be very common and soothing. Thank you so much. Um, and it's so lovely that I met you at the Vision for You conference and I can place your face. Um, what I wanted to ask is, um, Sometimes I, I'm still within, um, you know, I'm still somewhat of a newcomer to working the steps in um, this way. 
um, that you spoke about. Um, how do you, sometimes I feel overwhelmed by everything that needs to be done in terms of my spiritual practice for this program and in terms of my spiritual practice of my religion. Um, how do you um, incorporate the two? Thank you. Thank you very much, Simone J. Well, actually, this big book has brought me closer to my religion. Um, I had to personalize it and uh, not take people as representing... uh, Um, how should I say it? I used to put people that they represent the entire religion. And um, I had to stop doing that. I can't idolize people. No one, absolutely no one, because we're all human. And um, in in doing the big book, in... in, uh, in in doing my 10 steps i realized and 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 my 11th step i realized that when i say a prayer i can do it in my own religion if i want to i can i can access more of of of, of what i never i never knew about i can uh, incorporate it into my program i'll just give you a little example in my religion nobody nobody has to go to the synagogue but i get a kick out of going to the synagogue every saturday i really do i'm able to um i'm able to uh pray and uh i feel fulfilled with that everyone has to do what they can do for themselves um i i uh i actually practice everything about this program in the rooms and outside of the rooms because uh it's my way of life now thank you thank you simone for the question arena k you're up Hi, this is Rowena Kay. Um, Leo, I was just wondering, I've uh, recently got abstinent after a long relapse, and I've found I have a lot of anger, a lot of rage come up. I wondered if in, in your early days, like say the first two weeks of putting the food down, if you experienced anything similar, and how did you deal with it? Wow, thank you very, very much. I came in here very angry. I came in here actually cynical. <laughs> Because I I looked at everything and everyone very, very um, full of of anger and resentment. But I also knew that I finally came to a reckoning that all I'm doing is digging my own grave with the knife and the fork. I really am. Because uh, Weight Watchers wasn't working anymore. That was supposed to be working. Um, uh, 
I had joined Jenny, Jenny Craig. I had joined, um, oh my goodness, I don't even remember all the places that I had gone and all these herbal life drinks. I remember all um, everything that I had done. It was um, nothing was working. You know why? Because this program taught me that I can stay stopped. I really can stay stopped if I follow these simple rules. And um, I really didn't believe it until I didn't apply it for myself. And every time I had another uh, difficulty that was coming up, I called people. I called recovered people. I listened to the meetings. If I liked what you were talking about, I called you. I called you. And and, and, and not only did, did these people, the fellowship, want to answer you, but they were so helpful. And um, And they are. So utilize everything that you can if you really want recovery and to stay stopped. Thank you. Thank you, Irina, for the question. Next we have Elena C. Elena? Good morning. Thank you, Leah, so much. Um, I would like, can you please elaborate more on your Step 10 practice and the community you reach out to and also the um, the community when you give you when you are uh, able to um, you know to be the recipient of a step 10 from others and on step 11 as the big book um, is teaching us kind of um, how do you how do you practice that thank you very much I'm going to go to my documents Um, I just uh, Okay, first let me answer how I, I do the step, step 10. The step 10, I, um, I really asked um, a lot of people how to do the step 10. Most of them uh, different sponsors. And whenever I did a step 10, I, I, I found if, if they were giving me satisfactory answers, and I was very happy about that, and I was feeling that it was okay, then it was okay. And that meant about um, detecting what it is that I'm angry. Let's say I was angry about, um, let's say I was angry about um, my son. I have a special needs son. I didn't speak too much about him because I let it go. That's another thing that I let go. I, I used to be very obsessed about him. And um, I, I used to have these 10 steps because the group home where he's at, I'm not so sa- happy about it. Um, I would buy him some clothing, and they were supposed to buy him the clothing. So I would be very angry. So here with my step, my step 10, you know, um, what am I angry about? That the group home did not buy him the underwear that uh, that he needed. Um, why was I resentful? Because I had to uh, be, because I had to buy it. So it was all about financial. Um, 
what is my fear? My fear is that my son will not be uh, taken care of hygienically because he doesn't have uh, his underwear. He doesn't have underwear. Um, What is the honest truth? The honest truth is that God is in charge. God is in charge of him and all his needs. And if I saw something, then my my issue is just to relay it. That's it. Just to say, honey, why don't you request some new underwear? And what I used to do was I bought it. Oh, these people don't do it. I'm going to buy it for him, you know. But all I really had to do was tell my son, honey, please request more underwear. You can get it. And that was the truth. So God could, if he is sought. And then he did. He would call me and say, Ma, I got new shoes. I got new this. I got new that. Get out of here. And I here I was obsessing about all this <laughs> all this and doing step tens why why I'm so angry at this uh, group home now step eleven um is all about uh answering the questions so this is my um what I have on my computer on my laptop. How was my day today? It doesn't mean how was my day today. It means if something significant came up for me during the day that was bothering me. Did I how did I how did I deal with it? It makes me think back. And uh the second question I have is did I hurt someone unintentionally? Now sometimes I might have you know, not even known, but I stepped on your toes. And even if I did, I need to put it down. I did hurt someone unintentionally. And now the, the third question is, did I pray for God's guidance in all the circumstances? And then I would write down, you know, dear God, help me so that I can, uh, you know, tomorrow, if I'm doing this at night, make my amends because uh, sometimes most of the time it's too late to call people and and you know just putting it down there and 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 praying about it also do i do selfish deeds for my own interests today you know do i owe anyone anything and then do i owe an apology was i kind loving and tolerant was i sneaky today and then the last question that I have to answer honestly is, um, is there anything I could have done better to my ability? And that's okay. That's okay. Thank you. Thank you for the question. I'm, I may have lost my place, but I think Becca R. is up next. Becca? Or was hey, that Becca? it's Becca yeah, it's, it's Becca R. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Kentucky. Um, thanks for the beautiful share. What I wanted to ask is how do you um, sponsor people with that deep shame and perfectionism around food? And, for example, if you have someone who has um, 
relapsed and they're face down in the food versus someone who, you know, had a, a 0.2 ounce extra of an abstinent food and they're, they're both reeling in that shame spiral. Um, just wanted to see what your take on that is. Thanks. I pass. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, the big book teaches me about honesty and, um, all I can do is relay that honesty and, um, each person has to answer for themselves that um, the the extra food was not meant. It was inadvertently taken or it was specifically taken. So then there's something going on. And uh, I can't know what is going on aside from uh, taking that extra food. It is the person who has to understand and do some, do some either, either uh, talking to me or talking to another person or, or trying to understand what, what, why this behavior, where this behavior is coming from. Because if in the past this food was satisfactory, then uh, there was something else going on. But I don't know what's going on. So that other person has to come to the conclusion if they want to share it with me or with another person. And um, and then I, I also say, you know, uh, about my perfectionism or non-perfectionism, <laughs> where I, I I would want to run the show about a lot of things, and it just was impossible. It really was, and uh, there's no shame in in admitting that uh, that you can't. Actually, it's a relief to do that. And uh, people accept it, or they don't. Whatever it is, it is. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Becca, for the question. Next up, I'm not sure, did we have a Jane C and a Gen Z, or was it Gen Z, or <laughs> what? Um, can you help hey, me Craig, out here? It was, sure, it was Gen Z from Kentucky. Okay, go ahead, Jen. Thank you. Uh, Leah, I'm specifically interested in um, your interaction and relationship with your husband. I'm wondering how you got to the point in program where um, you were approached by a screaming man and you would be, um, you w would respond um, calmly um, and effectively. What did that, I'm just wondering what kind of surrender that looked like? Was it a one time and done? Was it a constant surrender, um, and, and can you just tell me how, how that worked, that kind of surrender with your relationship with your husband? Thank you very much, Jen. Um, so what I want to say is um, 
My sponsor had a very interesting question for me. She said to me, you have no relationship, sexual relationship with your husband, is what you claim. You do not like him. You hate his guts. And you still live with him. Uh, maybe you live with him because financially he is providing for you. But explain to me why else you live with him. What if you're, you had the monies to rent your own apartment? Would you do that? And it made me take a real hard look at myself. And uh, it made me go even deeper into this God concept. It made me read this uh, page 417 again. This is my situation. And I'm accepting it as hard as it is as it is right now. I have been accepting it, but I really have not been accepting it. And the reason I have not been accepting it is because deep down I was building more resentments. And that was not for me. So I took that big book again and I read The Grouch and The brain Brainstorm were not for me. Resentment is not for me. They may be for the luxury of, of, of other people, but not for me. If I want recovery, remember, it was so intense, the feeling I felt of obesity and the uh, pain, aside from the physical pain, but the feeling of, of, of being uh, ugly and fat was so intense that I was willing and I came to believe I'm going to go to any lengths to get this recovery, to get it down pat as God would have me have it. And I needed to repeat that to myself in order to get the courage to face him and not walk away. Because that's what I used to do. I used to walk away if you used to scream at me. And just be in front of him and say, you know, honey, I don't really hear you because of all this yelling. And he would have to be quiet because he would have to ask me again, what did you say? Because you know how I you know, like, and then like all octaves of, of, of the voice and, and everything. And, um, and, and, and then he would also slow down. He had to because I was standing right in front of him. I don't know how I did it. Seriously, I don't know. But it took a lot of prayer and uh, a lot of tears to finally come to the conclusion that I that is something that I'm doing that is not right. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Thank you for the question, Jen. All right, Jody E., you're up. 
Thank you, Craig, and thank you so much, Leah. Wow, what a beautiful uh, demonstration of your program with your husband. That was really remarkable and beautiful. You transformed his anger with your love. I'm going to change the subject to a much more mundane one, which is food. You say you um, prepare your food ahead of time and have it in containers and take it with you or not. Um, how do you how do you not feel like you are separating yourselves from society, from your community, from your family? if you don't partake with them of the same food, I guess is my question. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I want to I wanna relate a story. <laughs> um, I once came to a wedding occasion and uh, there was a very uh, nice lady there in a, in a wheelchair. And she was in a wheelchair because because she had broken her leg. Um, and, and we were sitting at the same table at this uh, wedding. And I had finished my dinner, and I was just sitting at the table for the company, for the sake of company, and I had a drink in my hand. This woman, um, this woman's daughter came up to her with a thermos and poured some hot soup for her. And everyone around the table was looking at her. And the woman said, oh, my goodness, if I go out, I, I go out, but I cannot eat anything but my own food. It's too delicious and I have no idea what they put in here. So I hope all of you don't mind. And she proceeded to eat her soup. That incident made such an impact on me. And I thought to myself, if my program is so important to me, then I can bring my salad or I can speak to the head chef where I know where I'm going and request food for myself. But if I can't speak to the head chef, then there's nothing wrong in me bringing my own food. I might be on a special diet. I might be, I don't know, whatever. And it it made me lose that um, feeling of uh, indifference or or feeling of 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 you know not not getting. Uh, feeling left out or not getting what I'm supposed to be getting or not nourishing myself or not, uh, you know, under, (laughs) you know, um, depriving myself. I didn't feel that. And I, to this day, I don't. And I'll have you know that there are many places that I go to where I see people doing the same. They bring their own salads just really remarkable. It's a new thing. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Thanks, Jody. Next, we have Suzanne and B, and she'll be our last question today. 
Hi, I'm Suzanne G, compulsive eater in California. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Craig. Uh, this has been awesome. Um, my question has to do with you mentioned that you procrastinated, but you don't anymore. Can you elaborate on that a little? Because I'm a great procrastinator. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Um, <laughs> I want to answer this question honestly. Um, okay. So when I started to, uh, I finished my 12 steps, I uh, I used to hoard. And I didn't know how to get rid of all the stuff because in between those stuff, um, there were probably important documents that I needed to have. And true to my word, I even found a $100 bill in between those stuff. I took one at a time, and I took a little shopping bag, and I, I started putting it all, you know, I started putting it all and, and daily attacking that shopping bag. And, and slowly but surely, I got to the bottom of everything. I used to do the same thing with procrastination. Um, I, I, uh, I would say I would love to do this, but maybe one day, maybe one day. And I did, and I start, you know, like when I started visiting the, the elderly, I knew some people, but I never went to them. But I always wanted to go to them. And one day, um, because I wasn't working, I was saying to myself. I'm going to call this woman and ask her if I can visit her. And I did. And I went up, and I was there for 15 minutes, and I came out feeling so elated and so wonderful that it spurred me on. It spurred me on to continue asking other people if they would like a visit, and I would arrange my visits. And this is something that I always wanted to do because I felt for these people that I knew them, and uh, I would stop them in the street and ask them, how are you? And they would be, oh, I'd love to tell you about this or that. And I knew them from the neighborhood, but I never went to visit them. And as I started to visit them, this is my own uh, undertaking, but as I started to do that, I felt so fulfilled. It was so unbelievably um it was not procrastination. <laughs> and uh, and I realized if I want to do something, you know, l let's say I want to wash the gas range. Oh, I hate washing the gas range. You know what? If I just poured a little hot water, it will get easier to wash off that uh, those stains that are there. And so I would do that just a little bit at a time. And then I would, you know, oh, what's the big deal? It reminded me of something someone had once said to me. You know what? If you're just washing that cup with that same uh, rag, clean it and wash the uh, sink around, you'll feel so much better. And so it is true. Every time I wash that cup and that plate, 
I do wash my <laughs> sink. It's so interesting. I don't do that anymore. I don't procrastinate if I can help it. There is one thing that uh, before I started answering your question that I want to talk about. I, uh, in, in finishing my 12 steps and in finding so many of the promises come true, I started to write. I love writing. And I started to write a book. But I got very involved with step 12. And I'm, I'm on a lot of meetings and I'm on a lot of outreach work. And my, my uh, time has given me a lot of um, uh, opportunities to, to do a lot of 12 steps. And uh, I, I, I let my book go. <laughs> I let my book go for, I think, a year for sure. I haven't touched anything that I had written over there at all. And just recently, I was thinking, you know what? It's time to tackle my book. I always want to write that book. And uh, it is on my laptop. So I just wanted to let you know that it is interesting you asked about procrastination because I started doing a little bit every single time. Not every day because I can't write only when the inspiration does attack me. So <laughs> so I do that. But um, it's interesting that you, you just asked me because it was just last week when I started to 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 really um, review and edit uh, what I had written. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you for all the questions today, and, and Leia, thank you for your your uh, service and putting yourself out there like that. I really appreciate it. I'm going to read uh, from page 164 uh, to close. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.